Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Well, today is, uh, today we have some help. I have some help in today's message. And uh, I've really, really been looking forward to this. And um, I would like to introduce to you, we have Eva Chow, and we have Tracy Madsen, and we have Anita Lane. And these are moms, and uh, we're going to um, each have a little bit of a part in today's message. Before we get started, you know, Mother's Day uh, in the shops, those of you that have been in the shops in the last few days, we're just, well, motherhood is just everywhere. Mothers, uh, acknowledgments, cards, flowers, gifts, whatever. And uh, it's beautiful and a lot of times pink or, you know, lovely. And I, it reminded me of something um, my first job that I ever did have uh, growing up was in a flower shop. And so I didn't do the arranging or anything like that, but I was kind of the person that um, put the, f- the water in the buckets and then the flowers in the buckets and cut off the bottoms of the stems, threw out the the stinky, rotting flowers, clean, cleaned out the cooler where they were all stored, that kind of thing. That's what I did. And I wired sometimes um, certain kinds of flowers so that they wouldn't droop. That kind of a thing is what I did. And, uh, but also, uh, the floral companies would send massive boxes that would just be stacked full of, of flowers. And so roses would come that way, long, long stemmed roses, beautiful. But uh, when roses would come, they were always with the thorns. And so often, part of my job also was to break off the thorns. Because when somebody picks up a, a beautiful long stem rose from the person who loves them, uh, they don't want it to draw blood. <laughs> So I was the person to break off those thorns. Well, when we were coming up to this Mother's Day, um, this is our 11th Mother's Day. And so each one, you know, we look to the Lord. It's so important to him. What do you want to highlight about mothers? And we've looked into how brave they are and and, um, strength for mothers and stories of mothers and all. Uh, I thought about these roses. And in relationship to motherhood. And so on Mother's Day, uh, it can be so beautiful. And we love to celebrate and honor mothers and motherhood. And that would be typified in the rose, the beautiful uh, flower itself that has such beautiful fragrance. And then it's so unique. But there is in the stories of motherhood, not just the flower, but also the thorns. And so usually we don't hone in on those that thorn part of the story. We like to highlight on the flower part. But actually, uh, in looking to the Lord, he wants us 
to not skip over the thorns. And so my, uh, Mother's Day for some is a, a, a beautiful day of celebration and, and acknowledgement and something lovely. For other people, it's one of the most awful days of the year because of the thorns, because of things that aren't so ideal and so beautiful. So on purpose, the Lord wants us to, while we're celebrating the good, he also wants us to look at some things that have drawn blood and have made tears. And so the reason I've asked these three moms is I know their stories. And um, their stories have impacted my life. And I know that he wants what he has given to each one of these gals to impact yours. It was not to just stop with them. It was actually to come through them. And it is, it's to do that today. So we're going to start with Eva. And um, the reason I ask Eva is that she represents probably uh, a significant number of people whose Mother's Day remind you of somebody who has already gone to the other side. And, uh, and so that can, be, that can be painful if a mother and, or a grandmother has, has actually not here anymore but has passed on. Uh, most of those mothers often are uh, they're in their later season of life that pass on. But in Eva's life, it was not that way. And so uh, I'm going to let Eva tell you her story, but how old were you when your mama went to heaven? Uh, I was 16. Okay, so 16. Now, I just want to just set this up, with, with and then I'm going to let Eva tell uh, her story. I can just, I've seen and have talked to and ministered to people whose mother in passing has a profound effect. It's like pulling a leg out from under a chair and uh, a whole life can topple over. But you can see, uh, and the reason I've asked Eva to share, she's a young mother. One of the, one of the uh, parade of young mothers in our church, don't you like all these babies? I just love all the babies, and we're learning how to help and, and support all the mothers better and better. We want to do that. And, um, but anyway, um, today I ask Eva because what was it, Eva, that has made the difference for you? And you can start with your story, but obviously there has been something that God did like what we sang about today that turned that morning into dancing. What was it? Yeah. Um, so like we said before, my mom passed away when I was 16. And I was very close with my mom. She was my best friend, my everything. My world basically revolved around her. <laughs> um, so it was a big thing for me when she got sick and um, we didn't know what was going to happen. So I was really talking to God about it and... Um, because I wanted to know, it's like if, if she passes away, it's like my life's over because she's my everything. Everything revolved around her and it's like she was my best friend. 
So um, God kind of showed me through different people, through um, different sermons I was listening to, that if I based my life, if I had a thing or a person as my everything, then I wouldn't be stable in life. And the only way to have stability and to be sound in life is to have God as my rock, as my foundation, and base my life on that. And so um, as I made that conscious decision to do that and have in my everything, um, spending time with him, reading the word, listening to worship, listening to sermons, I got a more intimate relationship with him. He became my everything. And I still love my mum and she still meant a lot to me, but God was number one in my life then. So when she eventually did pass on, I was stable. It's like I still miss her, but I wasn't rocked and my life continued and I was happy knowing where she was now and that I would see her again and she was happy. She's in heaven. So I was able to stay stable and get through the situation because God had become my everything. And I just talk about that God becoming everything because that was actually what everything for you after your mama went home was leveraged on. Your your stability was leveraged on that. Mm. When you say uh, that you made him everything and that you had to do with reading and praying, but how did that correspond or what what did that take the place of with your mother were you doing that with your mother no with my mum, it was more um natural it was just what we watch tv together or we eat food together or we go out and take care of our pets together but she went we went shopping together it's like we just did everything together but I didn't have my own relationship with God so I I had recently gotten saved but I wasn't spending any time with God. So my mum was my everything. Mm -hmm. And so it was only when I heard through different people, through my boyfriend, through through, um, different ways, like I was saying, that I needed to make God my everything. I purposely put aside time after my homework, after work, to spend time with God, whether it was just praying with him or listening to worship music, because I wanted to establish a relationship with him. Now, I think this is an important point. In making God everything, does that make, uh, does that cheapen your relationship? Did that cheapen your relationship with your mother, for instance? Did that make it so you didn't love your mother? No, I still love my mom very much. And because I was putting God first, it actually drew me closer to my mom. So my relationship with my mom was at a whole new level because my relationship with God was above that, if that makes sense. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So uh, 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 prioritizing and putting everything in God doesn't diminish your other relationships. What you're saying Mm. is that it made every relationship better. Yeah. Oh, my couldn't it be that we actually jeopardize valuable relationships when we put those relationships above God? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Whatever is under God gets his blessing, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Wow, that is so beautiful. Thanks so much. And so uh, let's go on to 
Tracy, Tracy Madsen. You know, um, I love this part of, of Eva's story, you know, her best friends with her mom, just so close. And, and some people have, well, we could ask for a show of hands, some people have that story that they were just really, really, really close with their parent, really close. But um, not everybody has that story. Uh, n not everybody has that real intimate relationship and beautiful um, rose flower relationship. Some people with their parent, their mother, or father could be actually it could be actually kind of thorny. And when you think of a relationship with your parent, it, it actually can um, re it can remind you of some pain. And so I've asked uh, Tracy to come. I'm going to just set this up a little bit for her. I loved uh, the day, and we have a, a small group, and she and uh, another one, Athena, in our group, was telling their stories, and it involved this aspect. And uh, by the end of the, I tell you, I had to just fight tears, and when I did get in the car, I had tears. I just thought, if I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have just heard Tracy's story, I would have never known Tracy's story. Because the way I know Tracy is the way I know her now. And she's an amazing mother. She has two beautiful sons and beautiful uh, mothering relationship with her sons. But Tracy, just share with us a bit how God uh, turned that morning into dancing for you. When you don't, or you don't have the ability to have a good friendship with your mum for whatever reasons, there's obviously issues that come up and offences can easily happen. One key that I didn't mention before was this. I learnt about 30 years ago not to have any expectations on my mum. That took years of development. <laughs> That means don't expect a thank you. Don't expect a gift. Don't expect your birthday to be remembered. Don't expect anything. I don't need anything from mum. I just want to give to her because that's my choice. You know what I mean? So having no expectations actually links to another principle of God. And I love my mum, but we don't have an easy relationship <laughs> she would attest it to that. So um, um, having no expectation also means if I don't expect something from Patsy, then I can't be offended if she doesn't give it to me. So if I go to give Patsy a hug and she doesn't hug me back, I can't be offended that she didn't hug me back because I didn't expect her to. It's actually quite clever. <laughs> So maybe sometimes I have to lower my expectation so I actually don't get hurt. And sometimes in frisky relationships or relationships that you think there should be certain elements of, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. If we're talking about Mother's Day and mothers, we do have expectations on our mothers. But for whatever reason, some of them can't give what we want. And they don't have the ability, they don't have the capacity in their heart to meet your need. You have to lower your expectation 
and just let them be them and love them and then you won't be so offended. It's a really good key that I've used every time I see my mum and I love her but she's not easy <laughs> for me. So why, I wanted to tell a brief testimony and I'll make a briefer is um, years ago when I had toddlers and um, I, I, I was a Christian in church in leadership too so I knew about offences and not getting offended and you know being bitter and stuff like that but there's a book called The Bait of Satan and it's by John Bavia and it's a great book if you want a challenge read it it challenges you not to be offended and what to do when you get offended so I thought oh I'm not offended I've dealt with all that you know so I'll read it and just make sure my life's all clean you know so I went through chapter one and journaled thought it was very interesting got to chapter two and journaled and I thought okay okay I think I need some help <laughs> I just wanted support of a mother figure really to um, pray with me and make sure my heart was clean so I got this um, lady in the church who was a preacher in her own right she was an elder in the church and I said would you come over and pray with me and um, she did and I said here's my journal I want you to read it and she read it and went, ah, you're so honest. And um, that is me. But also, I needed to be honest because if we're honest with God, he can move in our lives. If we're covering stuff, he can't move. You've got it. But if you give it to him and you're honest with him, he can move in your life. So anyway, from that point, we prayed. I don't remember the prayer. It wasn't even a, a point of memory now. And obviously, you repent of any offences or whatever. And just she prayed for me. And it was beautiful. And the presence of God was there. And then I saw a picture. And it wasn't my brain that came up with this picture because I thought, what's that? Why is that? And it was a little girl hovered in a corner crying. And I thought, oh, that's a sad picture. That's me. What's, what's going on here? And then I realised God was showing me my hurt and my anguish when I was younger. like, And then I just saw he was working on me. He was actually doing stuff in me. And then it just sort of developed and then there was this young woman standing there, confident, fine, healed whole. And I realised, that's me. Oh. That did something in my heart. It was a memory I'll never forget. It was a milestone, you know, when God gives you a touch you don't forget them. And then Lynn said to me, ah, oh, God's just showing me a picture of a young girl in a corner, hovered over, and she just repeated my story that I saw. And I thought, shows you it wasn't in my mind. You know, God had shown it to me. He heals our hearts like no one else can. I don't care if you're a psychologist, a counsellor, you're all good at what you do, but he's the best. And he can actually heal it, not just give you band-aids or strategies. He can actually remove it because he replaces it with him. He replaces those holes and those broken things with him. And he heals the journey that we've been on and makes us whole. And so I love that song, Graves Into Gardens. Look it up, Elevation. It's great, the whole song. Because it talks about how God takes the dead places and makes them a garden. And only he can do that. 
He does that in our soul. So, yeah. I love that because what I have seen in, in knowing you, uh, you know, in the book of Acts, uh, at the gate called Beautiful, Peter and John said, look on us, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give unto you. And um, you can't give something that you don't have, but you can give what you do. And so I, I have seen this side of your mothering and what you have given hasn't been thorn. It's been love. And so I just, don't you love how these stories uh, don't end before the flower? And so if there's any, any thorns or whatever in your own life, and also we'll have a time at the end of ministry, but those offenses can actually be thorns. Yeah. And so we can get rid of those today. Yeah. yeah, I think when you, you do hit that moment of offense or you, something offends you, you have to honestly own the feelings and say, okay, that hurt, that wasn't nice. But what you do with that is your choice. You don't get the choice of who offends you and who doesn't. You don't get the choice of what valleys you go through in life. Sometimes you just go through them, but he's the one who goes through them with you. He walks with you. And he brings them into a beautiful place. He teaches you things that you would never learn and have compassion for people that you didn't experience their hurt, but you can have that compassion for them. You know, and so that's all good, but there's choices that we have to make. And I think with offences, you can, there's two. You either take that offence and build walls around your life to guard your broken heart. And they're set up by the devil, to be honest, if you do that, because you're set up by the devil you're actually setting yourself up for trouble and it's not good or you can go to God after you've experienced your pain after you've acknowledged your feelings after you've had your little tanty in your room you know you have to acknowledge those feelings it's true men women all of us we're human when we hurt you scream <laughs> I'm sore but you know um but yeah, but okay, I'm thinking. You know how a toddler goes, I'm sore. Oh, I got sore, it's sore. Mummy, it's sore. And the mum goes, oh, let me see that. And kisses it better. All better now? Yep, it's all better. If we do that with God and you just go, God, it's sore. What do you think? Get his truth on it. <laughs> what does God say? Hang on, you're valuable. That's not the truth. You're valuable. You're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in my family. You're part, uh, the Bible says, I'm accepted in the beloved. The beloved is mine and I'm his and his banner over me is love. He loves me. doesn't matter what someone says that should love you and has hurt you deeply. And I, I'm not talking about just me. I'm sure other people have experienced a bit of that. <laughs> Do you know, you just have to go to God and say, it's sore. And you know what? He's not frightened of our weaknesses. He's not frightened. Can I add a scripture, Patsy? No. What's that? Can I add a scripture mm -hmm. really quickly? Yeah. There's a scripture in 1 Genesis 2, and it's an amazing little scripture, and it says that the, um, the face of the deep, there was just the void, the earth was void, it was just void, right? And the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. 
the Holy Spirit hovers over us and when we've got deep places or hurt places, he's not afraid. And when we just offer those areas to him or just say, look, this is a void in me, this is a pain, this hurts, the Holy Spirit comes. We welcome him to come and he comes. He's not afraid. And you know what the Holy Spirit brings? Order, beauty, beauty for ashes. He puts things in order. He takes away the pain. But we just have to be honest with him, present it to him. And it's not a whole heap of words. I know I have a whole heap of words. <laughs> but he just takes those things when we yield them to him and ask him to speak to us. Sometimes it's good to shut up and just listen. You know. So I'm going to do that now. <laughs> So, so, so good. But I hear, I hear something similar in both of what you, you guys have shared in Eva's personal relationship with him and opening up her heart uh, in a way that she had not before. It wasn't just a, it moved from a casual relationship with the Lord to something more intimate. And then what you're saying, Tracy, absolutely you open up your heart and don't, don't hide what is hurting. You actually expose what is hurting so that he can fix it. Um, I've seen what it has done with the solid feel that you get with, with Eva and her life. It's like uh, rather than her depending or needing somebody from the external to be her strength, actually by her opening up her heart to the Lord, he moved in and <laughs> she is always this way. She always has this wonderful smile and is feeding her children or her child. Um, I wonder if that's prophetic. Anyway, her child, uh, this beautiful joy that's on her face. And the same thing goes with, with Tracy. Uh, we're going to hear from Anita. Uh, and before we do, I want to just tell a, a there are many single moms in our church, and I just really honor them. Uh, parenting is uh, not for the faint of heart, and it is easily, more easily shared on the shoulders of, of a pair, of a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad. But when it comes for a woman to be um, a single mom or a, a, a parent to be a single parent, uh, it can that can be a thorn, and um, and it can embitter. But I was thinking yesterday about a, a mom in our church, which we have wonderful, triumphant moms, single moms in our church, wonderful. And um, this is one that I gave a call to yesterday, and I've known her for many years. And uh, she works on Sundays. She's a part of our Sunday nights congregation and also online. But um, she told me a, a little bit more of her story, which I was familiar with some. And, um, wow, it was not a paved road for her at all. But uh, the distinctive things, like you guys, she had this real intimate and personal and open relationship with the Lord. And he really helped walk her through what she needed to do. She incorporated not uh, having a fence, and um, she incorporated that, that wonderful intimate relationship, 
and responding to whatever the Holy Spirit told her to do. And um, my goodness, the, what God gave her when he was when she humbled under his hand wasn't just enough for her child. Uh, it was enough for more girls. And so in our church, we have Sarah, but Sarah's friends um, are, have come in and gotten strong in the Lord together as Robin Barber has been a solid, solid single mom. And um, she lost the thorns, praise the Lord. So um, it's possible in any situation. So with Anita, I want to have her tell you her story. And um, recently, Tony and I were, uh, were with Alan and Anita, and she shared this part of her story that so impacted me. And with her, it is not about her mother. It's actually she is a mother and her relationship with her children that she very, very much loves. And sometimes as a mother, uh, the thorns or the uneasy road that you may experience is in your journey with your children. And if their road is difficult, you feel that. And it hurts. And so... I wanted to. I wanted her to share because, as a mother, whose um, heartbreaking journey with children that she loves very much and who love her, but the journey has been hard. God has given her some some tools that I believe will good and will add to what we've already heard. So, yeah, I have two amazing children, and they've been a real blessing to me. But you're right, the journey hasn't been easy at all times and um, it's put me on my knees quite a lot and um, yeah so God has given me a couple of keys I'm not saying that I do this perfectly because we're human and we do have those emotions and things but I like how Tracy says let's get real with God give him those painful things but once you identify what the pain is then it's clearer to see how you need to apply the word and what word you need to, to put on that. So uh, my keys are to do with sowing and reaping. Um, I've got two scriptures, actually. Uh, one's from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and it says, um, you know, Paul sowed, um, Apollos watered, but it's God that brings the increase. And I think that, like, I've been a single mum, um, now I in a blended family and when you have that it is like trauma I'd say a call it that you can take on responsibility that was not really intended for you and um, so you like it's the three parts of that scripture we sow we can sow like I sow into my family I pray I'm you know I'm speaking the word to them giving them wisdom. It's other people that can come along then and water. I will do some watering, but the extended family can do the watering. The grandparents, the aunties. I've got beautiful family myself. They stand by me and they agree with me, um, you know, just for these these kids and their own. 
Um, and then it, but it's God that brings the increase. So we don't need to take that responsibility all on ourselves for the full sowing and reaping process. It's a community effort um, that definitely we sow. Um, but it's God that brings the increase. So that's my first scripture for, for sowing and reaping. But my second one is Isaiah, from Isaiah 55. And um, this scripture was given to me even before I had kids. A lady in the church came up and said, I really know in my heart that you will need this in your life. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. And it actually has spoken to me on lots of different elements. But when I had children and, well, we've had like one of them needed a miracle when they were born. This scripture was very pertinent for that miracle to come to pass, plus other scriptures. But even now, 20, how long is it, 24 years later, I'm still on this scripture. And it just speaks to you in lots of different ways, but in, in this particular way, it's um, like we've been talking about thorns and briars and things like that. So... Uh, the scripture actually says, and it's a sowing and reaping scripture, uh, instead of a thorn will come up a cypress tree and instead of a briar will come up a myrtle tree. And um, I think around Mother's Day you sometimes feel, I don't know, like, yeah, maybe a little bit inadequate or like you just haven't got the perfect family that you thought you would have and, and all of that. And it does, you know, spring up those those pains and things. But God showed me um, that you can actually, like, use that as a seed. I just saw my husband. Hello. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, You can actually use that as a seed and you can actually sow it. And it was like... Sow what? You can sow the pain. Like, it was really an eye-opener for me because I had this idea, like, I guess it's the rosy, shiny Christianity. You, You can only sow good things to get good things back, that's actually more like karma than Christianity. <laughs> Do you know aye, what I aye, mean? Aye. Like it's actually the gospel of grace is our sin for his righteousness, our weakness for his strength, you know, our pain for his um, victory. So we can sow that and like Tracy said, he's not scared of those things like he was there himself on the cross he's he knows what to do with it we can give it to him but we've got to give it to him we've got to sow it and when you sow it you don't dig it back up again (laughs) like I had a dog once that was anyway (laughs) we don't want to know but yeah we sow that and we don't dig it back up again but then you have to actually then expect the reaping to come once you've sown it other people come and water it, but it's God that will bring the increase. But I'll just take you to this scripture. It's Isaiah 55. Um, so a thorn is actually um, the word that's used like in the, it'll be the Hebrew because it's Old Testament. Uh, it'll be, it's a prick. So like things just you know, prick at your heart like Tracy's been talking about. And a briar, well, that's just an absolute mess. Like you can think of all thorns going everywhere. Like I've totally felt like that before um but that's just like a word from that is a stinging and it's actually from the root word cremate it's like when something's been burnt so it's pretty like you know doesn't look good um but the the reaping outcome is the the myrtle tree and the cypress tree 
So I looked into this and it's really been encouraging to me. Is it? Do you want me to keep going on it? Yeah. So the cypress tree is like a, a tree that stands tall. It's a beautiful tree. It's a noble tree. It's stately. It was used for the temple. Um, it's a long living tree and it can endure harsh climates and poor soil. So when we're sowing this pain, we can expect that harvest of the cypress tree. And for me... I think I'm reaping it. I can see God is doing it in me, but he'll also do it, I believe, in the fullness of our circumstances as well. But it starts with with you. So that you've got that standing, that nobility, that ability to endure and go through like the harsh climates or whatever comes your way. Um, And then the myrtle tree, it's um, a bit different. It's a fragrant shrub it's like got that beautiful smell it comes from the word hadom which is a footstool and that's the bowing where you bow at the footstool and there were two things about the footstool from psalm Um, we bow at his footstool because we worship but also his enemies bow at his footstool so we're sowing those horrible messy places And we can actually see by faith, like Jesus, when he endured the cross, the joy that was set before him, what could he see? He could see us. He could see all of heaven. He could see the glory. So we're sowing that and we can see what the outcome can be, which um, is the enemies have to bow in the name of Jesus. And I'm speaking it, declaring it. Um, Also, there's worship. So there's humility that comes into our hearts as we bow before the throne and give those things over to him. Yeah, so there's the, the double reap, reaping of the standing and the bowing. I love that. I, I really cherished that. That was such a, a really beautiful thing because I had just pretty much thought you want to sow your best seed, and there is that. There is that element of your heart and worshiping, giving your best seed, but I hadn't thought you could actually sow something that is really awful and by giving it to him he'll change it then i remembered um um remember that old song all i had to offer him was brokenness and strife and he made something beautiful of my life but he couldn't do that unless you you actually gave it so I, I just love the pictures that we're, we are seeing in these moms is for them to be able to, to be that wonderful beauty for ashes and the, the rose and is that they've had to give themselves to God. And in doing that uh, and giving all those thorns to God, they didn't have to deal with them themselves. They gave them to God and Wow. It's just so, so, so powerful. I'd like us to take communion right now. Get your elements. And just based upon the truths that we've just heard, um, we're going to uh, apply these through our communion today. And so um, Tracy, if you'll do the bread this time, and then uh, Eva, if you'll do the cup, and then and then you end up, praise the Lord. Aren't we thankful? 
for this beauty for ashes story that we have. Yes. Go ahead. Oh Lord, we just thank you that you provided a way of escape for us, that we weren't just born and destined to die, but you've provided us a way of living full, free lives. Thank you, Lord, for your blood and your body. Sorry, the body. <laughs> which, um, which you took on all our pain and sickness and hurts. Thank you, Lord, for taking that to the cross for us. We thank you, Father, for your blood that you shed for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it washes us from our sins, Father God, and the consciousness of our sins, Father. But not just that, Lord, the sins of other people, the wrongs that they may have done towards us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your blood washes that, Lord. You took all that so we wouldn't have to, Father God. So we give that to you today, Father. We don't want to hang on to that anymore, Lord. We give it up to you, Lord. We thank you that your blood washes us and cleanses us, Father God. And we receive our healing in this area right now, Father God. You can take the blood. Lord, we just thank you. You wear the victor's crown. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't always wear that crown, Lord. Once you had a crown of thorns. And Lord, you traded that crown of thorns for that victor's crown so that we could wear that crown. I thank you, Lord, that it's your nature to transform. It's your nature to restore. It's your nature to bring life. Lord, there's nothing else you can do because you are life. You are life. You are the light of the world. Lord, wherever you stand, wherever we invite you in, Lord, you bring that light and that life, that pure love. Oh, Lord, we just open up our hearts to you, Lord. Lord, the places that we've shut off, Lord, the places that are painful, the places, Lord, that we've just closed that door and said, that's over. No, you don't say it's over. Lord, you say it's just the beginning because you are the beginning and the end, Lord. And you stand in those places, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, as we open those doors, you stand in those places, Lord, and you breathe life. Lord, you emanate glory. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we just thank you, Father. We have you on the inside. Such a privilege, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's for every person. There's not one person, Lord that you shut out of that invitation. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. You will come to the needy. You will come to the broken. You will come to all men. All men, Lord, you died for all. Hallelujah. So we just give all of what we've said today to you. We ask, Lord, that you will bring the increase. Lord, we've done the sowing, the watering, maybe done after the service. Hallelujah, but Lord, you bring the increase and we just thank you in expectation, Lord, that our church family, our body, this body here, your body, Lord, would be increased in every way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I want to thank all of these moms for really opening your heart, not only to God, but also in this church family. And 
um, it's really the only way you can receive from God is with an open heart. The only way you can really give to other people is also with an open heart. And so I really am grateful for your um, your openness to share today. It really means a lot. And um, you have something, Glenn? This is one of our elders, too. You have something. What is it? I just wanted to, in the name of the church and honoring all mothers, I'll present it to one, but I wish there could be one for everybody, different sizes. Because we love and we appreciate all the mothers. Family church, not just here, but online as well. That is so beautiful. Can we just acknowledge this beautiful gift? Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. Every child does matter. And even when the child grows up and becomes a big person, we still matter to God. Isn't that wonderful? Um, I've asked my daughter to come. This is my Mother's Day present <laughs> for us to sing together. And um, it's an old song. You would have known it. We sang it a couple weeks ago. Andy had it uh, sing it a couple weeks ago. And last night I got the words out to uh, make sure I kind of knew them. And um, I realized that all these years, it's an old song. Uh, all these years when I've sung it, I've not kind of understood what it means. Does anybody ever have that happen? Yeah, well, so also me. And so two weeks ago when I was singing this song with all of us, I'm thinking, what does that mean? And so last night when I was uh, looking through the words, it finally dawned on me. I thought, oh my. And it's perfect for what we've been talking about because it accentuates the, the flower and also the the, uh, the thorn part so it goes when peace like a river attendeth my ways so that was the part you know so like when life is peaceful and nice and gentle then the next phrase says when sorrow like sea billows roll. And I could never figure out what does that second phrase have to do with the first phrase until last night. And I, I got it. It's like when life is good or that second phrase, when sorrow like sea billows roll. When life gives something hard and it goes on to say, whatever my lot. And I go, I, when I'd sing that, I kind of didn't even like that part. Because, but like you, I just sang it anyway. But for me, I was thinking, whatever my lot. That sounds kind of like, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. And, and I don't believe that. But that's not what the author was saying. He was just saying, whether it's 
the first phrase of the song, a peaceful thing, like a peaceful river, or like sorrow, like sea billows roll, whichever it is. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. And then I had even a question about that. I thought, well, does he just make you say, you know, buck up, put a happy face on your, on you and just go out and just, just put a happy face on That's not what it is. He taught me to say, he taught Eva in those personal times to be able to say after her mama went to heaven that it's well with her soul. He taught he taught Tracy to be able to say it's well with my soul irrespective of anything else he's taught Anita to say that and he's his word his presence in our life when we're open to him teaches us to be able to say he's taught me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. And Anna, sing the next verse. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come,
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the healer of broken hearts, for being the one who's the glory and the lifter up of our heads. We're grateful, Father, that the anointing that comes in Jesus does give beauty for ashes, and we declare that name today, the name of Jesus, so that all of us can say, through his word, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and through that beautiful name, that it is well with my soul. Let's sing it one more time. It is well. up into his love right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive everything that you did for us in Jesus' precious, precious name. You know what Jesus did for us in healing is so significant to him. Last night, I mean, this last week, Tony was wondering if perhaps for Mother's Day we should cancel Sunday night service because, you know, of course, we wanted to give space for families to honor moms. But um, we, we decided together that what a way to honor moms and what a way to honor the one that motherhood came from is to have a healing service. He loves to heal. He loves to heal. And so that's what's happening tonight. And so uh, David Sweet, whose ministry in healing is a particular uh, directive and commanding way, actually received healing for his own self on the authority of the word. And so um, he's going to be sharing his testimony because... um, It was three years ago he was given three months to live because of an acute leukemia. And obviously, three years have come and gone over and over and over. And so uh, Jesus has healed him, and he's going to be giving his testimony tonight. Praise the Lord, Jesus heals. Uh, And then for those of you who may not have, um, and Caleb, you can go ahead and come on up. For those of you who may not have gotten a Mother's Day gift yet for somebody that you want to love and honor, if you will um, remember, we've got Gather, and you could get a ticket for your mother that you want to, your mother or a mother that you want to honor, a woman that you want to honor. And what a, what a great time that they'll have. Even if you have gotten a gift, you could add it to and make it a whole bundle of gift. All right? But right now, Caleb, uh, can we just 
can you just lead us in a prayer, those that are online, whatever? Lead us in a prayer for those that would love to receive Jesus. Let's pray. Let's just repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I thank you for the price that you paid, that you hung on that cross for me. I thank you that in you, I have now eternal life. And I, and, I, and I praise you for it now. I surrender my life. I thank you that my sin is gone. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.